here can easily understand. Just because it's late doesn't mean we're done yet. And the quarterback, you kidding me, coach? There's still plenty more hits to dish out. Well, he really hit the out of that one, didn't he? Look at that, he hit the ball. That gets a free stake. This is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by Dr. Jennifer Joseph. Get Physical Rx. And by Dr. Krista Reyes. Texas Sinus and Snoring Audiology. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. This is the only live local consistent evening sports radio show in the city of Houston. Late hits ESPN 97.5. Patrick Creighton with you. 713-780-3776. ESPN on the HRMP listener line. On the text line. On Twitter at P. Creighton 1. No fouts on the side of the glass. At the master controls. At fouts underscore Noah on the tweet. Huh? On Twitch. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5.com. ESPN 97.5 app. Ask Google, ask Alexa, play ESPN 97.5. Take us with you everywhere that you go. We come out hot today because uh, joining us right now on the HRMP guest line, longtime NBA insider. Man, the guy works everywhere. He's also the guy who actually came up with the whole idea of the bubble, not that the uh, horrible people at the NBA would would give him credit for it. But I know, I remember, we talked about it weeks before the NBA did. Uh, he works at Spot Track, off the Celtics blog, on the front office show. He's our buddy, Keith Smith. What's going on, Keith? How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Things got to be good for you and the uh, the Celtics faithful, I believe. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, yesterday was a was a good day for, for the Boston Celtics and for everybody who uh, supports them. And for me personally, it's great when they keep playing games because that's, uh, you know, feeds the content monster. There um, there were some beatdowns in closeout games in this particular round. and Well, the Celtics handed out a beatdown uh, on Milwaukee in a, in a manner in which I don't think uh, – most NBA uh, followers expected Milwaukee to just basically get their butts kicked in for three quarters. And that was an incredibly impressive performance by the Celtics. Uh, sets them up for a conference finals matchup with the Heat. Jimmy Butler on one side and uh, Jason Tatum on the other. Where, where are the, what are you, to you, what are the, the biggest matchups of this series going forward between the Heat and the Celts? Yeah, you, you mentioned one of them with Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler. That, that's going to be big, and we'll see how much they actually go head-to-head because both sides do a lot of switching. They, they probably are right up near the top in terms of switching the most, and, and both sides are pretty good at trying to hunt whatever they think is the best matchup that they can get. So I know Boston will be actively doing that. They'll, they'll be looking for some of the guys Miami puts on the floor. And then Butler does a good job of kind of, you know, picking and choosing and probing in that. But I think one thing that's going to be really big to watch, and Kyle Lowry's already been ruled out for game one, is well, what happens with Kyle Lowry, Marcus Smart's also dealing with an injury. If those guys can't go, their teams are really in a spot where they're going to have to figure some stuff out because it's it's tough when you remove kind of the engine that drives the whole thing. 
Now, you know, look, each, each team has the guy who is their, their designated leader. But when you get past that guy, where, where do you go from there? You know, I mean, who's the you – know, I know the, the Heat have, you know, they got some guys who they're a little rough. They'll beat you up. You know, Bam will get physical. Uh, Tyler Hero can hit from the outside for the Celtics. You, know, you still got Jalen Brown. Uh, Marcus Smart's going to go out there and try to lock down anybody within a 10-foot radius. Uh, where do they where do they get their alternate scoring from? Yeah, I think for Boston, the, the, what they'll be doing, is, you know, Tatum and Brown are the one and one A as far as that goes. And then it's just what they're asking is the other guy, somebody else step forward in game seven against the Bucks. That was Grant Williams earlier in that series. It was Al Horford. Um, at times this season, uh, it's been Peyton Pritchard knocking down a whole bunch of spots. There was even, you know, moments where Derek White took over for, for periods of time. And that, that's what the Celtics, um, a big part of their key this second half of this season, really in 2022, has been that Brown and Tatum are fully bought in and trust their teammates. They'll drive and kick. They'll, they'll, they'll pitch it out to them knowing that those guys are going to come through. On the Heat side, they're a little bit more star-centric. They, they tend to be a lot more uh, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero. They'll get Bam working on occasion if he's got a good matchup. But for the most part, they, they let their main guys do it. And then they've got a couple shooters that they'll play around those guys. But they, they, they are a little bit more methodical and a little bit more uh, driven to make sure that their main guys are getting the touches. Keith, explain the legend of Time Lord. <laughs> um, like how he got that nickname? But yeah, you can start from there, and then like what? What has made him? I mean, he's a guy who went from being a like nondescript role player to being one of the most important cogs of you know one of the most important role players on this team, and they're so much better when he's on the court. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he did real quick how he got the nickname was his uh, first uh, introductory press conference to, to get to Boston uh, when he after his draft he missed the flight and. Uh, that that would kind of get them off in a bad start. And then he had another moment like that when they were getting ready for summer league. And, and uh, well, well, a longtime member of Celtics Twitter uh, put, put it, well, it doesn't really matter because he's a time lord. And, and it was more in a way of, you know, making fun of the people who are so up in arms because it was, oh, this kid can't even get places on time. He's, you know, why did they draft him and all this other stuff. So, and, and then it's just kind of stuck since then. And, and is why he's so important to them is he is arguably the NBA's premier lob threat at the rim. The Celtics sometimes, I think, play these games where it's how high can we throw it to see if he, he can go up and get it. And then defensively, because of the way he moves his feet and his reaction time and his instincts, he is a you know outstanding shot blocker. He gets there, makes a bunch of plays. He's really important to them. Um, wasn't going to play a massive role in the Milwaukee series, even though he was injured for a large chunk of it anyway. But this series against Miami, this, this is a time when Boston needs him if he can give them some minutes. I know it's... You know, when a 19-year-old kid is late for something, the whole world should stop because, you know, every 19-year-old is always on time for everything. That's always the case. Trying to think of how many times at 19 I was late for class or late for this or late for that. Oh, it's a long list. Too bad nobody was paying me millions of dollars. That would have been cool. But anyway, (laughs) we're talking with Keith Smith, longtime NBA insider with Track, with the Celtics blog, with the front office show. Uh, with us on the HRNP guest line. 
Uh, if, if you're breaking that series down, uh, early prediction, Celtics in heat. Uh, I know Miami was slightly better in the regular season, but nobody's been better than Boston since February. Uh, how do you like this series? Yeah, I think it's going to be one where if you like defense and you like close games, you're, you're going to get it. It's going to be, you know, these two teams are going to go at it. I think you're going to see a lot of rock fights. It's probably going to be physical. Um, it's going to be tough basketball, and it's going to be hard at times for, for these teams to score. I, I like the Celtics ultimately in the series because I think Miami has a couple guys on the roster that play big minutes that you can kind of pick on. You you can go find. And Boston doesn't have that. Boston's top eight, nine guys are all very good defenders. People sometimes say, well, Peyton Pritchard's not very good, but that's just they're looking at his size and not giving him credit. He's really tough on ball, and they do a great job of getting him out of mismatches. It's very hard for teams to find him and you know kind of beat up on him like that. So um, I think what we're really kind of looking at here is it's going to be who can find offense the most consistently. I do think the Celtics are going to win. I think the Celtics in six. Um, despite that, I think they might lose game one. I think that's going to be a challenge for them because they've had you know a day to prepare to get off their feet a little bit, and a big chunk of that was taken off with a flight. But I do think they'll win the series in six. Keith, what happened to the Phoenix Suns? They were the best team all year long. They were, you know, notably the, the best team all year long. That was an incredible egg they just laid in game seven. Yeah, it was really, really bad. I mean, just this. I've never seen a team at home in a game seven come out and look. The only, the only way I can put it is disinterested. It, and it was almost from the very tip. They, they just did not look like they were really interested in playing that game. And, and credit to Dallas, they jumped right on that and really went at them hard and really put, you know pushed them and locked in defensively. And the Mavericks figured some stuff out after uh, game, game two. They, they made some changes defensively to their initial starting matchup. They they really you know, got physical with Chris Paul. They, they trapped him more. They, they pushed him into uncomfortable spots. And, and that turned into the reason that they – were able to turn that series around. Phoenix got one, but that was one where Dallas, I think, realized pretty early on, all right, hey, we're out of this one. Let's just go. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be really um, you know, interesting to see where Phoenix goes from here because that that's the kind of loss that it could take a while to uh, get right from. If they missed 27 three-pointers in a row, they still would not have played worse than they played yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. They – it was pretty bad. I mean, it was, uh, you know, one of those things where you look at it and it was like, well, what is happening here? And then I, 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 I so hesitate to say that they quit on a game, but they really, they, they, you, you almost thought, all right, you'll make that run coming out of the, the, the locker room at halftime. I know it was a 30-point game, but make that run. You'll get it down to 15 by the end of the quarter. And they didn't even do that. And, they, you know, and at that point, it was over. You could tell. All right, this thing is done. We're we're moving on to uh, to to um, you know Dallas is going on to play Golden State, and that that's it. And now Phoenix is up with a whole bunch of questions to answer. Is that a team that needs to bring in a shooter, or a team that needs to change their identity? Um, that's tough. I, I they were in the finals last year, so you, you don't want to overreact to things too much. But I I think. 
we're going to see changes. I don't think DeAndre Eaton is back uh, by any chance. I, I think he's he's going to be gone. It sounds like they're – I mean, we knew that there were problems early on when they got into uh, the contract negotiations and that didn't go the way they wanted. First few years in the league, there were, there were a handful of problems as well. So I, I think he's probably going to be gone for certain. And then from there, it's – you know, what do you do? They're not going to lose him for nothing. They're going to do what they can to make that a sign and trade and get some value back. But then you got to rebalance the rest of the roster and try to figure things out. So it's, it's definitely going to be a, you know, a different team to some extent. But I don't think you go crazy. I don't think you tear it down and rebuild because, you know, you almost won a title the year before. Yeah, this year didn't end the way you wanted it to, but make the change you need to make and get back at it. Oh, right now, Luca is playing like basketball god. And uh, the Mavs are going to take on the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. So, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, uh, what's when you look at the Mavs, you think, okay, it's Luka, and then, well, you know, maybe you know you don't really know who the second guy is, maybe from game to game. Uh, with the Warriors, well, you know it's Steph, but maybe you don't know who the second guy is from game to game because, well, maybe it's Clay, but maybe it's not. Uh, how do these two teams match up? Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting series because they, the Warriors' offense, while Steph-centric, is still based around a ton of movement and a ton of passing and designed around whether it's Steph or Jordan Poole or now that he's back and kind of in rhythm, Clay Thompson. They, they just want to get the best shots they can. And then when you get overly focused on those guys, that's when Draymond Green starts finding Andrew Wiggins uh, slipping in the back door on the cuts and those kind of things and get getting those buckets. So that's where it gets really challenging. Now, Dallas is very Lucas-centric. It is, you know, Luca creates everything and let's get this moving and let's get this working, you know, in our way. And that's, that's a, a thing that, you know, you have to be cautious of um, with with if you're Dallas because you don't want to put too much on his plate. And it also revolves then you need other guys to make shots. They, they've got to be present. They, they've got to be there. And that's what they were at the end of the Phoenix series. So it's going to be a really fun matchup. One other thing I'll say, too, is I guarantee Stephen Curry's been sitting around listening to all this Luca, Luca, Luca talk. And I, and I bet you we're going to get at least a couple games in this series where Stephen Curry reminds everybody, hey, forget about me. Don't, don't forget. I'm pretty good, too. Now, once upon a time, Dirk Nowitzki single-handedly became a wrecking ball and won a title for the Mavs. Can Luka do that? I think he can come close. I, I, I think it gets a little overstated, and, and, and clearly Dirk was was the guy. But if we remember, uh, J.J. Barea became an unguardable pick-and-roll player in that series. The, the, uh, he had no answer for him. You had guys like Jason Terry, Jason Kidd making plays. So there, there were guys who, who were doing stuff uh, for Dallas that weren't Dirk. But, yeah, it, it was Dirk's show. But that's what, what – this Dallas team needs is they just need guys to make enough shots. And you got Jalen Brunson. He's really, really good. You've got a bunch of shooters. They're big. They're going to be tough because the Warriors don't want to play um, out, out on the arc like that, ideally. Draymond Green wants to, at this point in his career, he he much uh, would prefer to bang in and around the paint area than chasing guys around at the arc. So that's going to be an interesting storyline to monitor, too, um, is when Maxi Kleba and uh, uh, Davis Burton are in the game. So, yeah, it, it, they've got enough to, to repeat what, what that former Mavs team 
I did is even if it's in a slightly different way. Once upon a time, Jason Kidd was run out of Brooklyn uh, and then run out of Milwaukee. Is If there was such a thing, is he the most improved coach in the NBA? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, this is a classic case of he, you know, had, uh, you know, kind of a weird situation there in Brooklyn and then made that jump to Milwaukee. He tried some stuff that eh, it didn't work great. But if you talk to the guys on that Bucks team, especially Giannis Antetokounmpo, he gives a ton of credit to Jason Kidd for his development as a player and everything he's grown into because he said Jason Kidd was the one to really kind of see some of his potential as an offensive hub and those kind of things and helped him really unlock a big part of his game. And now in Dallas, you've seen him make some changes. They're not doing crazy stuff as far as you know, trapping at you know, 50 feet from the hoop and doing all sorts of things like that that, that are you know, completely unsustainable for you know, long stretches of the game. But they are doing things that, that do make some sense as far as, you know, hey, let's get after it, let's attack. So I, I really do think uh, you know, he's done a really nice job uh, with that team, and it, it wasn't entirely expected either. How do you see this series uh, breaking down? Yeah, I think in the end, I think the Warriors and kind of their, uh, I guess, system, their 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 uh, institutional knowledge, their their you know, veteranness of having been there, done that with most of this core. I think they're going to get Dallas. I think Luca will have some absolutely monster games. I think he'll probably win a couple games in the series almost by himself. But I think the Warriors are going to get them in the end. It wouldn't surprise me if it was you know, Warriors in five, Warriors in six, something like that, because I just think that they've got a little bit too much that uh, where I don't know that the, um, the uh, Mavericks are quite ready to handle. He's Keith Smith covering the NBA, longtime NBA insider, currently working with Track with the Celtics blog, with the front office show. Follow him on Twitter, Keith Smith NBA. Keith, always a pleasure, man. You always do a great job. Happy to talk with you. We'll catch up soon, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hi, Keith Smith, breaking down the NBA playoffs with us here on Late Hits. This is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by Dr. Jennifer Joseph, Get Physical Rx, and by Dr. Krista Reyes, Texas Sinus and Snoring Audiology. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. Hey, man, here for Dr. Jennifer Joseph and Get Physical Rx Physical Therapy. You know, I've been going to see Dr. JJ for about five months now, and my results have been fantastic. You guys know I've been putting off neck surgery for 10 years. And look, I really don't want to have it. Let's just be real. I don't want to do it. Uh, I, I know what the recovery is and how long it is and how the rehab is, and it all sucks. So what can we do to not have surgery and get better? Well, I went to go meet uh, Dr. JJ, Dr. Jennifer Joseph, and I just explained to her everything that was going on, the injuries that I've had, the diagnoses that I've previously had, uh, what different doctors uh, have told me in the past. And she put together a program for me that has A, reduced the pain in my neck by about 90%. I'm not even kidding. The amount, I used to be in a terrible pain. I couldn't turn my head most of the time. There's like no pain on my neck at all. I haven't felt like this in like a decade. It is, it is a game changer because that pain in my neck would also cause problems with my left arm. I wouldn't be able to lift my arm up over my shoulder. Or my arm would go numb. You, know, you ever try holding on to things when your hand is numb? It's not easy. And 
since I've been going to see Dr. JJ. She identified the problems in my neck, in my shoulder, where those nerves are that were causing the problems. And she's been able to work on them so that it could remove the pain from my neck, restore my range of motion, restore the strength in my arm, you know, give me back my range of motion, my mobility, all those things. I feel so much better. If you deal with pain, if if you've got a, a restraint in your range of motion, whatever it is, if it's your neck, your shoulder, your your elbow, your back, your knee, you need to go see Dr. JJ. She's got a brand new facility in North Houston. Give her a call, 346-386-6683, 346-386-6683. Go online, getphysicalrx.com, getphysicalrx.com. So Jake Lodorizzi mowed down nine in a row, and he's running into a little trouble here in the fourth where – the first and second and one out, and trainers came out to look at his hand. After that, gave up a walk. Uh, Bloop single fell in front of Chaz, who made a diving attempt in center, allowed one run, but that's all the damage. So Odo able to limit it to just one run. They go into the bottom of the fourth. Astros are down one nothing. Tomorrow, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do two things, actually, that I never thought I'd do. Because as gas continues to explode in price, and I'm paying 70 bucks, soon to be more than 70 bucks, to fill up twice a week, yeah, that's gotten old in a hurry. Tomorrow, I'm actually going to look at a new vehicle. And two things here that I never thought I'd do. A, I never thought I'd be looking at a hybrid. But again, 140 bucks a week in gas gets old very fast. And considering uh, how, you know, if we get a sprinkle of rain, it floods. And every driveway is at a near 90 degree angle. I'm actually considering getting a truck. I've never been a big truck guy. Always been more of a car person. I, I prefer the handling of a car and the acceleration of a car. I'm actually looking at a truck and a hybrid. Because uh, I want a little bit of height, and man, I'm tired of paying so much in gas. I never thought I'd get to that point. Four thirty for gas? Uh uh-uh. uh. I mean, gas wasn't this high during either Gulf War. It's just straight up inside. It wasn't this high after the mortgage market collapsed. And everybody had their flight to quality and they invested in oil and gold and a gold price was over two grand an ounce. Last I checked, gold was over eighteen hundred an ounce. Man, I'm I'm looking at how much it costs to fill up my tank, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm done with this. I don't know how many of you guys are are, are feeling the same thing. And we're in Texas. Gas can't be 420, 430 a gallon in freaking Texas. I can't even imagine what, what, what it is, uh, you know, back in New York. It's got to be five bucks. In California, I think it's close to six bucks. Like, all of a sudden, we're paying European prices. Yeah, no, not happening. Done with that. Doing car shopping tomorrow. I don't know that I'll do it, but I'm really Really close, because, man, I'm tired of getting my ass kicked at the gas pump. You guys have uh, recommendations on vehicles that you're looking at 
if you're looking at uh, different vehicles because of the price of gas, put them on the Twitch. Put them in my DMs on Twitter. Uh, I'm looking. We're going to find out. Coming up next, we're going to put some money in your pocket. Money plays. Our buddy Joe Spano joins us next. ESPN 97.5. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. It's time for Money Plays, brought to you in partnership with Sports Map Elite. Now get ready to take down the best money plays of the day. Joining us right now on the HRMP guest line, Sports Map Elite, longtime national radio host, our buddy Joe Spano. What's going on, Joe? How are you? Not too much, PC. So what are you going to get, a go-kart? Dude, I'm telling you, you know, they they make those... uh, you know, they make those uh, like the, engine's the motor- supposed to be run with gasoline. The the motorcycles that have that look like they're like go karts. I seen one driving around. The guy has it decked out with the Batmobile. Thing is cool as hell, but you can't drive it in the rain, obviously. Um, no, and it's also I think it's also like forty large, and it's not even your primary car because it seats one. Well, now they seat two. All right, well, you can get one that's your like prim- a two seater, but no, I, I can't. You know, I got kids. I can't. Uh, you get kids and a wife. A, a, a two seater won't won't serve you very. I say I could pull that off. Yeah, but. the thing is, my son has a car now, so I mean I could, but it'd be a pain in the ass. Oh, absolutely! Because then you'd have you'd be every time you need to do something with the family, you'd be like, "All right, son, you take you take the cool car, and then I'll take your vehicle." Uh, no, I'll just let him take his car. But here, you drive your sister. Um, that doesn't see work, you may so. you may be onto something here. You want to get out of doing a lot of stuff? You get a two-seat car. You can't take anybody anywhere. This is part of the reason why my son has a car, is so that he could be the other adult who drives himself and his sister around to all the things that me and his mom can't get him to. I mean, yeah. I, there was a stage in my life where I had a two-seater, so that way I never had to drive anybody anywhere. Yeah, but- I'd meet people places, park the car. I'd look good. It was a hot car. said, I can't take us anywhere. We're four people. Before, what are you guys going to do, sit outside? Before I had children, I had a tricked-out S2K. Man, I missed that car. <laughs> I've, had, I've had quite a collection of cars. I've had, I've had a Corvette. I had a Dodge Stealth Twin Turbo. Oh, I had I, one of those, too. I had a 91. Oh, dude, that's I, awesome. I loved my Dodge Stealth Twin Turbo. That thing was fast as hell. I loved that car. It was. I, I had a Corvette. I've I've had a nice mix of uh, I had a Lexus SC430 the first year that hardtop convertible the first year that came out. I I've, I've had a pretty nice collection of cars. I never got into the boat thing, thank thank God, because I think that would have bankrupted. Yeah, that's just another money pit. You know, been there, done the cars that. were enough. I used the to, cars and the motorcycles were enough. I used to and own the women. A, I used to own a boat with a friend of mine, and uh, you know we we shared the boat. Everything was fine. We we split everything. One day, he decided him and his cousin were going to use the boat to try to impress a couple of ladies. Mm-hmm. They went out. They were wave jumping. They hit a sandbar. They flipped the boat. Oops. I hate when that happens. They had to, had to get towed in, had to be dry docked. And I'm like, you're paying for it? Buy me out. Done. And nice. I, was, I was out of the boat business from that point on. <laughs> They only, I, I've had friends that own, own boats, and it's like, all right, dude, that was great. I'm going to go now. And they're, and they're working, and they got to clean the boat. They got to do this. I'm like, no, thanks, man. No, thanks. It's enough I got to pay for gas. But I always get the new guy. Like, if we have a guy who's never gone on a boat before, I said, I'll pick up the sandwiches and the beer. You just get gas. 
<laughs> yeah, those better be expensive sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, they never are. It, it's one of the old tricks that you play on people. But, hey, but um, no, oh man, so I, you know, my whole thing for the boat was I wasn't a let's go out on the boat and go fishing. I was a let's go out on the boat, turn on the radio, throw some dogs on the hibachi, play cards, and yeah. just get away from the universe. Man, if I want fish, I go to the market. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was like these guys. I like to go fishing. I'm like, well, what do you like about it? I, I don't like to fish. You know, on a boat, hey, like you said, turn on the radio, do some uh, do some water skiing. You know, if you're if you're in a part of water where it's actually swimmable, jump out of the boat, go for a swim. You know, throw like the little bocce deal on, do some barbecuing. I like to unsuccessfully fish. And the reason I'm unsuccessful oh, catch is, anything. is because I don't actually bring a rod. I just, you know, go out there with a cooler. Yeah, that's my kind of fishing. <laughs> Did you catch anything? Yeah, a hangover. Yeah. <laughs> a bu- Would you catch anything? Yeah, buzz. <laughs> you know, I caught a little food coma. You know, I, I, caught some, I caught some of my buddy's money here at the pool poker cards and they're playing. But, yeah, no, well, I'm not. Uh, I, don't wanna, I don't want to clean them. I don't want to carry them. I don't want to pack them in ice. I don't want to do any of that crap. Yeah, go to the fish market. They do it all for you. Work. <laughs> Who the hell wants to do work? I'm on a boat. <laughs> exactly. What'd you catch today? When I stopped the fish market on the way home, here's dinner. <laughs> catch. I caught a sunburn. That's what I caught. There you go. So we got uh, NBA conference finals getting underway. Uh, tomorrow, the Celtics and the Heat. And then on Wednesday, you got the Suns and the Dubs. Uh, let's get into some of these uh, NBA matchups. The money for the peoples. All right, this is the part where Joe's going to give you the winners. So you need to get your pen and paper out. You need to open the, the notepad on your phone and start taking things down because this is where you make the money. We've uh, done a pretty good job the last couple of weeks for say, the people. For those of you who have been paying attention on this show, Joe is scorching high. Scorching high. Uh, you've been making money. I know because I've been making money, thanks to Mr. Spano. So uh, you should be listening. Let's get started with the Celtics and the Heat. Tomorrow this game starts. Uh, right now, uh, lines on this game. Miami is a point-and-a-half favorite. Over-under is a very low, very modest 204. Uh, two teams that absolutely get after it defensively. What do you like in this series? Where do you find the value in here? Well, there, there's no value in these lines. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing. You're screwed. We're going to find some plays, but there's precious little value in these lines. And, and as you know, and I've talked about it on this show, and I've talked about it on the, uh, on the various things that I do, most of the value in these NBA series is at the beginning. As we move along, it's going to be harder and harder to find value. But uh, they've done a pretty good job with these numbers, even at the open. But if you've noticed our plays, we've had more success early in the series thus far because I can find value in these lines. And the books adjust gradually to what they see over the course of the series. It takes a couple of three games before they adjust it down and take all the value out if they're off on things because they don't want to overcorrect. So we're, we're able to take advantage of that typically. I don't see as much here, especially in this Eastern Conference side. I think this is an incredibly even matchup between two excellent defensive teams. This opened with the Heat as a two-point favorite. 
Uh, the Celtics have been steamed down a little bit. They took some early action here uh, based on the fact that it looks like Robert Williams is going to play. That's also brought the total down. The total started and opened at 206.5, is down to 204, 203.5, depending on uh, on what book you go to and which side you want to be on. So we're, we're seeing that that modest 204 has actually been steamed down from 206 and a half. So there's a lot of people that li- there's a lot of action on the under right now and there's some action on the Celtics. Now, Marcus Smart is questionable right now and he'll be his status will be updated after shoot around, so we ha- should have something on that in the afternoon and if he isn't going, you'll probably see Another half a point, maybe a point on this line. And you could possibly, if you wait this out, get the Celtics at two, two and a half, maybe, if if they decisively say he's not going to go. I'm under the impression he's going to gut it out and go. And with Robert Williams back in the lineup, the Celtics defense gets even better. Without Williams, they're a top five in the NBA defense. With Robert Williams and no minutes restrictions like he's going to have, he's not going to have any minutes restrictions coming into the series, they're the best defense in the NBA. These are two excellent teams in the Heat and Celtics, and I think it's a very, very even matchup. But I do like the Celtics getting a point and a half to steal game one and take home court in this series because I do believe they're going to win this series. I'm not playing the series. I'm not going to play the series bet because there's no value in that line. You you got to lay like 185 and I think it's going to be a seven game series. So betting the series spread doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to take the Celtics to take game one. I'll take the point and a half. I'll also sprinkle some money on the money line at plus 108. And we've got a light lean towards the under right now. Again, if both Smart and Robert Williams play, that Celtics defense is the best defense in the NBA. The Heat aren't far behind, and I know this is a modest number, but both of these teams play very, very slowly. They're they're amongst the slowest teams in the NBA. They're almost as slow as Dallas. And now that they're playing each other, these games are going to go really, really slow. So we get nineties games. A, what we get like nineties style basketball? You know, ninety yes. two eighty nine. Yeah, I, I think I I think very much so because we even saw some of that in the Celtics series against the Bucks. Yes, there was intensity of defense and it resulted in a lot of low scoring games. But the Bucks do like to get in the transition and play fast. The Heat and the Celtics aren't so eager. So I think it's going to be a much more half court game with tenacious defense. So it's going to look very much like 90s NBA basketball. So I'm not that worried about the low total. I'll take the uh, the lean is on the under. To me the better play is Celtics getting a point and a half and sprinkle some money on the Celtics on the money line at at plus 108. So you like you like for right now you like the Celtics in game 1 and you're leaning under. Uh, I am on that leaning under. Yes, and I do like the Celtics for the series, but there's not much value in betting them for the series. You're lay, it's almost, it's minus, I think it's like minus 180. So I'm not laying that's too much wood in what I think is going to be a seven-game series. 
So there's no series spread play I like there. So you got it exactly right. A little bit of money line, Celtics plus one and a half for game one, and a lean on the under at 204. He's Joe Spano, longtime national sports radio host, handicapped with Sports Map Elite, uh, breaking down the picks for us for the NBA Conference Finals. Now, that's a Tuesday game. Now, Wednesday, we got uh, you got the Dubs and the Mavs after, uh, well, the Mavs absolutely smashed the Suns yesterday in a, like, horrifically embarrassing way. Can I be honest with you? I did not see that coming at all. At all. I The, my, the Suns, yesterday wasn't our best day. The Suns were my best play for Game 7. I had the Celtics, and I had the Suns. And I, and I had the Suns team over. Because the games have played faster in Phoenix before Game 7. And the Suns hadn't scored less than 110 points in any of their first three home games. And then he just laid a flat-out egg. I don't have an answer for that, but I didn't see that coming at all, Pat. No, that was that game was was stunning. The fact that the the Suns were the best team all year. Just, I mean, they laid a colossal egg in, in a way that you've just never, never seen. They just they went down forty early third quarter. Forty. Everybody just just couldn't hit the sink from the shower. It was amazing. Yeah, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have hit water if they fell out of a boat. I mean, they were missing bunnies. I mean, it, it was just brutal, and it got worse. And Dallas started gaining confidence as that game went along, and it was done, 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 done. Well, that brings us to the Warriors and the Mavs in uh, first game in San Fran on Wednesday. Warriors are five-point favorites, over-unders 214 and a half. What do you like here? You know, I, I think I think the, the the Warriors are a little banged up. And that could be a factor in some rotations. But it looks like Otto Porter's probably gonna go. Iguadala they're unsure on. Gary Payton's still gonna be out for a while. So it may it may affect the Warriors rotations. But for game one in San Francisco. I got to lay the wood. You can find a four and a half in some markets here. Uh, ben MGM has this as four and a half. It's going to cost you one fifteen instead of the normal one ten, but you can get four and a half. And you know it might be worth laying a little bit of that extra wood to get that half a point. So I like the Warriors minus four and a half. It's going to cost you one fifteen. I think it'll be a pretty entertaining game, and I think it'll be pretty close. But ultimately, I, I've got to believe the Warriors at home are going to be the better shot makers. And, and I know what we saw from Dallas in Game 7 at Phoenix. Their, their uh, role players played very well. It wasn't just the Luka show. And we had moments of that in their first-round matchup against the Jazz. But the Warriors are a different animal. They got a ton of shot makers. Uh, they are an excellent defensive club, and that's really what br- what they brought to the forefront through much of the regular season as they dealt with injuries. Once they got everybody healthy as far as their high-powered and high-octane offensive players, we saw them play much faster, and we saw and we saw a much more offensive bend to this team in the playoffs. But 
they can outscore you or they can lock you up on the defensive end. And while I think it's going to be a pretty good game, I, I just think the Warriors at home will have too many answers offensively for a Mavericks team whose role players have been inconsistent on the road. And sometimes on the road, it's had to be Luka and nobody else has shown up. So I, li- I like the dubs. Lay the four and a half. Uh, lay the extra wood. Uh, pay the extra juice. Save the po- save the half a point. Lay the four and a half. Believe it or not, I'm going to take this under as well. I like this under. It's hasn't been steamed down as much as the Celtics and Heat. It's down to two fourteen and a half from an open of two fifteen. But the Mavericks play very slow. And when they started to take over that Sun series, what you saw was they slowed down every game. They do not like to play with pace. They really, really like to control tempo. The Warriors have played fast in the postseason. But when they were dealing with some of those injury issues, they really slowed it down. So I I think this one could get into something of a slog fest here. And I think 214.5 is enough that we could slide under the total here. He's Joe Spano, Sports Map Elite, laying the picks for you early. So you got plenty of time to get your bets in. Uh, we've got one more for you. Oh, we've got bonus. We've got bonus pick. Bonus for you. Bonus pick. Bonus pick. Remember, we were talking about I couldn't find value in a series pick on on Celtics and Heat. I I think I've got some value here. Warriors. For the series, minus one and a half games at plus 110, which means I believe the Warriors will win this series in six games or less, specifically six games. Now, see, there's some bonus. There is some bonus. Joe Spano, Sports Map Elite. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Spano56. And also, make sure you're following him and all uh, the great handicappers at SportsMap Elite. SportsMapElite.com, $19.99 a month. Get you everybody, everybody in the whole building for one low price. Uh, but you better get it soon because, uh, like everything else, eh, prices are going to go up. So make sure you hit it now and get grandfathered in. Joe, always appreciate you, my friend. Lots of great info. We will talk soon. You got it, Pat, man. Good luck on the car shopping tomorrow, and don't come back with a go-kart. <laughs> Try not to. Appreciate it. Joe Spano, Sports Map Elite, with us on the HRMP guest line. More bad news coming up next. Your home for sports is ESPN 97.5. You are listening to Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by Dr. Jennifer Joseph, Get Physical Rx, and by Dr. Krista Reyes, Texas Sinus and Snoring Audiology. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. So, about the worst thing that could happen to the Astros, injury to the starting pitching. Jake Odorizzi... Uh, after delivering a pitch, uh, started to run towards first base to cover, took about two steps and collapsed. Uh, obviously, I'm not the doctor and I'm not uh, there to examine him, but that says Achilles all over it. 
Uh, I've had that injury. Exact same way. Not when, when a guy goes down like he's shot non-contact, usually it's either a popped Achilles or a dislocated knee. And his knee wasn't dislocated because it'd be sticking out. He went down like he got shot. That's almost always an Achilles. And uh, if that is, in fact, a ruptured Achilles, Jake Odorizzi's season's over. I, I am speculating. But it's an educated speculation. You know, sometimes uh, you'll see a play like that. Um, rarely it's a, it's a, like an ankle dislocation. Usually an ankle dislocation is um, more about an angle, the way that you land on your angle or the way your ankle, uh, you, you put too much pressure on from a certain angle. He was running straight ahead. So his angle wasn't taught in an, an odd direction. Uh, and just the way he went down, like he got shot, it almost blares out Achilles. And, uh, man, that really, really sucks for Jake Odorizzi, who's been, you know, after that third start of the season, man, he has put it together, and he's pitched great. And he was pitching well again tonight. And, you know, the, the starting pitching, which has been, a major, major strength of the Houston Astros. Maybe the biggest strength of the Houston Astros so far this year. Now takes its second major injury. Lance McCullers Jr. and now Jake Odorizzi. And before the season started, I said, really the only thing that was going to potentially derail the Astros season would be multiple injuries of significant length to the starting rotation. You, you can't replace starters the way you can replace infielders. It's just too damn hard. Now we'll find out if, um, if they're going to continue to stick with the six-man rotation, if they're going to go back down to five-man. If they go to the six-man rotation, we might see Peter Solomon get called up. You know, he is already on the 40-man. So we may see Peter Solomon come up. Um, He's one of their more advanced arms at AAA. Uh, guys who are on the guys who are on the forty man. Uh, Sean Dubin's on the forty man. Peter Solomon's on the forty man. Those. I think Peter Solomon would be the most likely guy to be called up. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what what happens there. Those are things to look for. But just really, really awful, unfortunate injury for Jake Odorizzi, who's been pitching really, really well for the last three, four weeks, and uh, and that's a big blow for the Astros to lose another starter. Coming up next, we'll uh, get into the Houston Texans. Mini camp. We'll hear from Coach Lovey Smith next. Get, 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 no, when the whistle goes. Real fun. Get, get, no, when the whistle goes. Sports. ESPN 97.5.